We're going to be very honest with you, folks. There's not much new we can say about Nightmare on Elm Street. No, this movie has been uh, dissected to death, but... Not just podcasters, but YouTubers, uh, film critics. Yep. Uh, pretty much anyone who loves horror has dissected this movie in and out. Yes, and that's why we said, hey, we're very influenced by peer pressure, so we said let's do it too. <laughs> Might <Yeah>. as well. <laughs> let's jump on the bandwagon. Of so Nightmare I'm the one who suggested this movie. Hey, so quick side note. I did find a website online that has old episodes of the TV show Freddy's Nightmares. Really? Yes. Where? What, what is the website? I don't know. Send it to me. Well, I'll, I'll, what I'll do is I've downloaded episodes, so I'll have to give them to you on a hard drive, sir. I'm fine with this. Now, I will say this. Watch one episode. Not impressed. <laughs> now, I was comparing it in my brain to Tales from the Crypt, and it is not of that. No, it is, it is, it is anything to Tales well, no, from the but Crypt. The crew from that, once the show got canceled, they went and worked on Tales from the Crypt. No idea why Tales from the Crypt is so much better than the show. It's the same crew, but yeah. Probably got a better budget. This wasn't even on the level of Tales from the Dark Side, the Friday 13th series. This was a nightmare. They just really wanted Robert England just to be a host for horror anthology series that didn't go anywhere too fast. But there's one episode that you must watch, and that's the prequel episode that is the prequel to this movie. Wasn't that also the pilot episode for the series? Yes, and if we consider it canon, it's the best um explanation for freddy that we're gonna get probably which so. is funny because robert england plays freddy still hosting yeah he doesn't play freddy in the flashback because i remember seeing that episode he plays so the opening scene is freddy in the courtroom mm. like actually getting off the the case and he's definitely freddy there well yeah but for some reason when you get to him actually burning you can definitely tell that someone completely different probably stundable yeah probably he doesn't want to be lit on fire yeah you know robert always said that he always wanted to do a prequel like well, yeah. a movie. But, yeah, a movie. So this was the closest which, thing. To be honest, you can do a prequel of this series as a PG-13, to be honest with you. Because it would be ah. pretty much a, court, a courtroom setting. Yeah, but Freddy, PG-13, that's like sacrilegious. So. Well, exactly who is he going to kill? You can't show him kill little kids. His lawyer. <laughs> His lawyer overcharged him and he killed him. Oh, my gosh. So... Nightmare on Elm Street, 1984, Wes Craven, Heather Langenkamp, Robert England, John Saxon. It's always a cop. Yeah. Blank, I blame Black Christmas. Wow, that's crazy that he's in Black Christmas and this movie. As a cop. As a cop. <laughs> Except he's, he has a bigger role in this than he did in Black Christmas. You know, he's in the movie Beverly Hills Cop, part three. He doesn't play cop, though. I'm about to say, he probably plays a bad guy. He plays security guard. Oh. He's working for the bad guy, though. Oh. So, sort of. With his fighting skills, you'd think he would have him as a fighter in it, at least. They would give him a fight scene. Do you feel like he plays a bad guy in this movie? I would say he's a borderline a villain in this movie. I say he's... Skeptical hippo. Yeah. Do you know what Wes Craven's inspiration for this movie was? Nightmares. Uh, so, from what I understand, the villain actually came to... Is actually a product of a nightmare he's had multiple times. Which is why the original outfit for freddy was actually supposed to be a long coat hmm. a black long coat wrapped around a man just with a fedora hat and he never sees his face that was the original design for this character so that's part of it so Wes craven wrote the movie in 1981 apparently he had seen a series of articles had an well let's say an asian refugee was having this was having reoccurring nightmares and he kept waking up and screaming like from his dreams. I heard this and, was actually affected multiple people in this time. Probably. But this is the article that he read was essentially that this guy kept screaming, 
Went to the doctor. They couldn't find anything wrong with him. But he kept screaming, kept waking up, kept claiming his nightmares were whatever. And then one day, screamed, parents came in the room, found him dead. The autopsy, they couldn't find any reason why he died, like any medical reason. But what they found in his closet, they found a coffee pot. And they surmised that he had been doing everything he could to not fall asleep. He was scared of something in his dreams. So Wes Craven took those articles, surmised that, and from there was like, okay. He died in his dream. Somebody was after him. Mm. Thus, Nightmare on Elm Street. Now, there's kind of a controversy with this movie. A lot of people, just be, and I blame the remake for this, because the remake was all open about this same controversy. If I, if, I, if I have a randomly bad Tuesday, I blame the remake. So. Right. but uh, We it, should all blame the remake for everything. But uh, it was pretty much that Freddy was, was a uh, child rapist instead of a child murderer. Yes. So the reason I call it a controversy is because once the remake came out, nobody, everybody literally thought that the original, they actually said he was a rapist. And it never no, came, they never It never came it. out. Yeah. Freddie never said he was a rapist. There, in fact, yes, it was in the original script that he was. However, the reason it was taken out is because around that same time, there was actually a series of rapes going on in California. And Wes Craven did not want to seem... Uh, like he was profiting on the terror yeah. of others. I mean, that's um, child rapist is like such a dark place to go. Mm. I don't think in a mainstream movie you could do. I mean, uh, theoretically, I mean, obviously, child killer is even pretty dark itself. But yeah, it never. It somehow became like the public's perception canon, basically, that he's a child rapist. But I mean, you're right, it's never really defined that way. He's never defined that way, but, I mean, they do still, they still kept clues in the movie to suggest that he is, but they well, there's never... Well, there's always a lot of tongue action with Freddy. Well, yeah, but they <laughs> never outright stated. The only clue you hear in this movie about it was he liked little kids, especially little girls. Yes. But the way, but it was still just only talking about the fact that he was killing the kids. Yes. So, controversy aside. For Freddy, what I read was that basically one of the inspirations for Freddy himself was that I guess when Wes Craven was a kid, him and his family lived in an apartment building. And one night he was looking out of his apartment building and saw like this old homeless dude coming along like outside of his apartment building. And he said that he looked at the homeless dude and the homeless dude actually looked up into his window in the apartment building. Like happened to catch his eye and they made eye contact. And he said the old homeless dude then actually walked around to the front entrance, walked into the apartment building, and Wes Craven could hear, he was a little kid, he can hear, like, somebody walking down, like, in the stairs or like that. So he got, went and woke up his older brother, they went and investigated, and nothing was there. But he was like, the guy had taken a moment to actually scare the shit out of him. <laughs> and it was an old dude, and, like, from that, he was, like, thinking about, okay, that's, like, Freddy Krueger. Took time to scare the little kid in his apartment, just to mess with him, basically. Made eye contact with him. And, so. it, and I guarantee you, it definitely jolted Wes to never talk to strangers. 100%. <laughs> the, the red and green sweater for Freddy. Apparently, that's the most contrasting colors to the human eye. That's why he did specifically red and green on the sweater. be honest, I figured it would ha actually have to do something with the Pied Piper. Because whenever you hear about that kind of story, which involves kids. That makes sense, too. But the Pied Piper is always wearing red and green. Ah, okay. So I, I was thinking just that Wes Craven didn't like Christmas, so it was like a. I mean, he. Who really likes Christmas? Seriously, if you don't get presents, who likes Christmas? Little kids who get presents. There's a bunch of them. Yeah, I prefer Halloween. I get candy. Let's get in the movie. 
So the movie starts off showing us a hand. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> That's all, folks. So I should. So now you hear the what Robert England breathing in the background, but legitimately the hand is actually the special effects artist's hand, pretty much building this glove because Robert England was not on set that day. Yeah, we also have the creepy ass score playing. Oh yeah. I, look, listen. Be an adult. That's fine. Act like you're not scared of anything. Turn off all your lights, turn the surround sound, and let this damn music play at night and tell me you don't get a little bit of a spine-tickling feeling in your, in your, your spine. So. Spine-tiggly. Listen, I'm not gonna lie. I was, last night, I was like, turn it on, heard the music, turn the volume down. <laughs> I was like, hey, you know, I don't really need to have the volume up on this movie. I could just read some subtitles. Well, considering the fact that you also watched it today tells me you didn't even watch it last night. Yeah, I turned it off. I was like, you know... <laughs> I'm better served watching this during the daytime. This movie's scary. Anyways, uh, that doesn't make sense. But <laughs> yeah, anyway, so we pretty much now get somewhat, I guess, somewhat the stakes of this movie with Tina dream uh, waking up in a dream. Yes, and the movie again. Maybe with this movie, we don't necessarily have to go scene by scene because it's just everybody's seen. Everyone's it. seen it. Everyone knows about it. We'll, but I will we'll state, do we'll, we'll do the highlights. But uh, go ahead. I will state this movie that all these dream sequences all take place. In a factory. Okay. A lot of people state, you know, his main setting is like a boiler room, but you never see a boiler room in this whole movie except for the cellar of Nancy's house. You always see Hmm. a factory. So the factory is obviously somewhat important to Freddy to the extent. So the factory is basically his... Playground. We see that's where he was like sharpening his knife and all that stuff. So that's like Mm -hmm. his... His, yeah, his playground, his workplace, as we call it, for the work he does. And hell, I don't even think a boiler room was even a thought about Freddy's main setting until, hell, until Freddy's dead, the final nightmare is the only time a boiler room was his main setting. It's something that, that basically became like some weird perception, public perception of canon, that he's always in a boiler room. But you're right, it's not really that But and another thing is, uh, is the damn house. The house is also synonymous with Freddy because this is, the first, this is the first character's main house. It happens in the second movie, too. Just because the characters he's hunting lives in this house does not mean that's Freddy's house. Yeah, what's special about the house? This became the the nightmare house. Right. Like, the house that everything goes to this house. Like, did Freddy grow up in this house? Something? It's, like, weird. It, do- it doesn't make any real sense to it's me. It's just because Nancy lives there that it becomes the future historic house of Nightmare on Elm Street. It's very weird. Right. So to me, the factory with this movie with Freddy, whenever they have to deal with Freddy, it's always in a factory. Makes me feel like he's maybe worked in a factory or his family or somehow had some kind of thoughts to factories. Must have been a really bad job since he... Obviously went to killing kids. Yeah. How, how, bad, were the, how bad were the benefits there? So Tina... Okay. Let's, let's act like we just saw it for the first time. I think Tina's the main character from watching the first few minutes. I'm like, well, we're following her. She's the main character, right? So, so that's a, that, that is a, actually a thing with a good amount of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies. That you actually start following really the first victim. You don't even start following the main character until after the first victim's dead. It's the fact that he doesn't kill Tina in this first dream sequence. It's making me think that she's the main character because she's being haunted, but she gets away and she's able to tell her friends about it. If she just died in the opening scene, I'd be like, okay, yeah, I get it. But so she even passed this dream sequence. She still seems like the main character when she interacts with her friends. 
Well, yeah, because then she d- discusses her dream, in which case Nancy's like, oh, that reminds me of a dream I had. Yeah, and she invites them all of them over to her house. Well, sort of. We do have one party crasher. Oh, uh, Rod. Rod Lane, her boyfriend. He took a break from watching whatever he was watching in his house. Probably was watching... Um, he was probably watching Return of the Living Dead. That's true. This would have been the time period, too. <laughs> so he took a break from Return of the Living Dead to... Um, to crash this party. Uh, actually, a really good effect in this movie that I do want to talk about. When Freddy's arms become long and mm. then start, he starts running like a goofy old man. I was going to say when, uh, when he, with the Nancy. One, this is definitely not funny, Freddy, but when he's running after Tina in the alley, that is the most hilarious. That's top five funny moment in the series. I'm talking about before he goes after Tina, he uh, thinks about going after Nancy when he pushes his face through the wall. You know what's so cool about that is that they did it in the remake, and it wasn't better. No, it was With shittier. all the advanced special effects, it looks better in the original. Yeah, and all they did was bring a damn screen over a hole, and Robert England just pressed his face up against it. Yeah. He was toying with messing with Nancy, but she had a cross. Yeah. And that sent him back to go. I wonder if he Tina. actually was sent back because of the cross, or if he just decided, you know, I've already messed with Tina enough, let's just take her out of the picture now. Because now he found his new target that he wants to latch on to. It's not really defined, like, how he chooses the order of his victims. But we know he's been haunting both of them because they both admitted to they've seen him in the dreams. And then, as a matter of fact, you get that first look on Johnny Depp's face of, like, whoa. Of recognition. Like, it looks like maybe he's been getting haunted also. Oh, yeah. So, now we get the first kill of the movie, and, man, he, he messes with Tina real bad. He messes Tina up. See, based on the beats of the movie so far... I would think that Rod probably gets killed here because he crashed the party. He seems like the least important character of the friends. I'm thinking probably maybe Rod's going to die here. I was not expecting little Tina to actually meet her demise. Oh, yeah. Freddie rips off her shirt and then his claws come straight across her torso. What about him running after her in the alley? What was that? When he's laughing? (laughs) That was him messing with her. Dude, it's so funny. He looks like when he's running after her, it looks like like a five foot two mannequin running after her. Well, don't don't forget that he decides to also show that that he's a uh, pretty sadistic by starting to hurt himself when he cuts off his two fing- two of his fingers, and then just starts laughing as he comes after her again. Yeah, what's all this like? Why is he made of green goo in this movie too? Like <laughs> every time he cuts himself, green goo leaks out. Oh no! I remember you even said yourself that he doesn't really have that many lines in this movie. He has a pretty good one with This Is God and mentions to himself. But another one was he just comes up and like, hey, Tina, watch this. Yeah. <laughs> He's pretty quiet and reserved overall, but he does have some lines. They may not be like corny like some of the others or uh, sadistic. Well, back then, 1984. Actually, I, mean, I think this is the most sadistic he's ever been. In yeah, it, and back in then, 1984, even like his three lines still separate him from like Jason or like the non-talking killers. Mm-hmm. He's still more verbal than them. Oh yeah, so he slashes her, uh, knocks uh, knocks Rod down by using her as a doll. So he beats one motherfucker with another motherfucker. Apparently, S- smart man. Yep, and then drags her across the ceiling where he then just drops her into a pool of her own blood. Very efficient, Freddy. Good job. So Rod is screaming, crying, busts out the window. Well, I think Rod re- he realizes quickly that hey, I'm gonna get the rap for this. Oh yeah, I better so, run. I better get on the run. Or maybe he was thinking, I'll, if I leave now, I can possibly catch the person who did this, beat the living hell out of him. Or he's thinking I can catch the end of Return of the Living Dead, which 
Hey. Well, so. Uh, so now I would not have really mentioned the reactions, Nancy and Glenn's reactions to finding Tina's body, but Casey wanted me to mention this. Uh, so she noticed Nancy had a, a reaction that would not have fit for a lot of people. For and Glenn had most people's reaction to the whole thing is when Glenn runs in, he pretty much sees what's going on and then takes a step back and has to like lean up against a wall in order to keep himself stable. Yep. Nancy sees this and she just walks right up to the body yeah. to get a, I guess a closer look. It's like you see the carnage at this you know Well, people handle trauma differently and she handles it very, very, very differently. Apparently, uh, she's probably seen some of the crime scene photos from her dad. Yeah, she doesn't. She doesn't have a weak stomach. Yep, so she was all up in there. Yeah, so we find out her father is not only a cop, but it is John Motherfucking Saxon. Not Saxon. John Saxon. Did you say Baxton or Braxton? Uh, Bill Baxton. Great actor. John Saxon. My man's always a cop. Now at least he's a not an Enter the Dragon. He's either getting his ass kicked or he's a cop. So right. Um and. I don't think he's going to win Father of the Year in this movie. Uh, probably not. Or Husband of the Year, for that matter. Great. So, one thing I want to mention that you you uh, also brought up is... So, the, act, the acting, unless it's John Saxon or Robert England, is not really up to par with these days' standards. Yeah, on one hand, it's a slasher movie, so it's still above average for a slasher. But it's not like... Um, it's not Jamie Lee Curtis or nothing like, um, it's not like even, even scream had way better acting. Um, but we're not really here for the acting. No, we're just here to, well, at first we think we're not here for the acting. Not many people go to slashers also for the story, but this movie is pretty much throwing a mystery at you now. Of who is this guy? Yeah. I mean, we know who killed Tina. We just don't know the backstory, the backstory or even what this guy's name is at the moment. Yeah. We know we're going to get visual effects, dream sequences, uh, we, a good killer. The acting, I mean, you know, had a lane cap. I mean, she does. She does. She does what she can do. She does decent, but I get the feeling she's, but she definitely gets better as time goes on. And that could be said about any actor because Johnny Depp doesn't really give a great performance in this one either. Yeah. This is very early for Depp. This is before 21 Jump Street. Right. So, so he's, he's pretty raw in this, although he's not really given much to do either. So I just want to ask a question. So Rod is our main suspect, right? Of course. Why in the hell, in the very, in the literally not even 24 hours, would he then pretty much drag Nancy into the bushes? No, they're friends, so he should know full well that her father is a cop. Why even go to her? Yeah. At least in person. Well, a couple things. You know, Nancy gets so mad at her dad, like, you used me. I'm like, well, no, he's being a good cop. Yeah. He he acquired the suspect. So. But still, why would you, why would Rod go to her knowing full well her father is a cop? Honestly, I think he's looking for money. <laughs> I think everything he was saying was going to lead to, he's like, I didn't kill her. Someone else is there. It was all leading to, can I borrow $17? You know how much the Motel 6 cost? <laughs> I think it was leading to that. Realistic, he's on the run. He doesn't have any money. How, he needs money. He doesn't have shoes. He's, <laughs> he's in bare feet in this scene. He's he running. doesn't even have a shirt, man. I'm surprised he has pants. He's better off in jail. <laughs> He'll get three square meals. So, also, one other actress I want to mention. She gets very, very small role. Uh, Lynn Shea's in this movie. Oh, my God. <laughs> Lynn Shea. Well, yeah, I mean. Just, I, 
Wait, so she, was she married to Bob Shay? I, I have no idea. I just yeah. wanted to mention that she was in this movie because Lynn Shay, for some reason, took her until she was close to 70 years old to even get a role that was suited for her. She's in New Nightmare, too. Yeah. So She's in a lot of movies, but she's always a very small side character. She was in 2001 Maniacs, also with Robert Englund, as Mrs. Boone. Unfortunately, wasn't she in The Midnight, Midnight Man? Yes. So she was pretty much our main antagonist besides The Midnight Man. So unfortunate. And she played, and to be honest, I would have rather seen her kill the kids instead of The Midnight Man. True. <laughs> um, so. Oh, yeah. Like the hot bath scene. When you want to stay awake because you're afraid of your nightmares, a hot bath is not the way to do it. This was creepy as hell. Yeah. This made me like not ever. When I saw this like as a kid, I never want to take a bath after this. Then take showers. Well, no, but the thing is like I took baths, but I would never take a bubble bath <laughs> because the thing is you can't see in the bubble bath. And Freddy's arm just coming out of the bubbles, getting closer, and you got that. Whoever thought that, of that, it's a brilliant. You got scene. that intense score, and it, the intense score is literally feels like it's just three or four beats on a damn piano. It's pretty simplistic, but it's like. Even the Halloween score is pretty simplistic, but right. still effective. Yeah. So her mom like just tells her, like, uh, hey, don't fall asleep in the bath, honey. A lot of people drown. Yeah. Good one, Mom. Yeah. Good one. Th- thanks. Uh, I still wonder why Nancy decided to take a hot bath. Hot water actually relaxes the body. So, of course, you're going to go to sleep if you're in a hot water. Now, at this point in the movie, though, she's not really in the full, I can't, like, I'm avoiding sleep thing yet, I think, maybe. She's not fully embraced the the coffee. Well, she's already had an issue like the fuck with her very first interaction with Freddy that we see at least. She has to wake herself up by burning her arm that we True. see comes out in the dream, which I actually was about to write down write that down, but uh we already see that what happens in your dream happens in reality too. In this case, yes. If Freddy, something happens, interaction with Freddy, then you do wake up. So I didn't need to write down that uh, Nancy finds out that what happens in your dreams happens in reality because we already saw that with Tina. Maybe not. Nancy wouldn't have known that, but still, the audience does. So let me ask this. You in this role, how much Mountain Dew would you be consuming in this movie? None because Mountain Dew puts me to sleep. What? Okay. I I would have a massive ass migraine. That's true. I'd be on just coffee all day, so... Come I on. couldn't even do, co- my, do coffee. My head would explode. So, anyways, so couple quick things. Um, oh, the Tyler and Freddy, because we're just hitting some theories at this point. Basically, I feel like how soon after Freddy getting burned by the parents See, did this movie take place? The way the uh, mother talks about it when we get to that scene, it feels like it feels like Nancy would have either not have been born yet, or she was very young. She's like fourteen to sixteen years old now. Right. So my real question is why it took is has this happened before or is this just now starting and what took Freddie so long to actually start now? Well, I definitely think that this is the first round of him going after the Elm Street kids because the father's a cop, so he would know and react to if there had been prior instances. So everything suggests that this is the first round of him attacking the Elm Street kids. Why he waited so long, I don't know. I, this feels like early Freddy. Like It feels like he's new to the gig. He's acting in a way of like he's less confident than the future sequels. He's less humorous, less talkative. It sounds like he's still getting used to the role. So mm-hmm. I don't know. It's very strange. 
Yeah, and then there's also some inconsistencies with this movie. In one scene, which you you brought up yourself, that you kind of wish wasn't actually in this movie. Oh, God. Because it makes the parents look stupid at this point. You're talking about the, the medical? The hospital scene. Hospital scene is, is uh, where we find out that Nancy or anybody can pull things out of their dream. Yeah. That, uh, so Vic hates this because obviously parents are still in denial. Me, I hate this scene for one reason. In an earlier scene, she's actually holding on to Freddy when she wakes up. Mm. Freddy does not come out with her at that point. True. So why did they break their own consistency after Rod's death? It's one of the few times the movie's usually pretty good about its it's pretty good about its internal logic. Yeah, I mean, my problem with the scene is just that, literally, if, if the scientists see her bring the hat out of the dream, that should be the biggest damn discovery in the history of science. The whole rest of the movie should then be in, like, just, like, the biggest news story in the country is that this woman, this teenage girl, brought a hat out of a dream and was cut in a dream and it showed. Right. But it's totally swept from the rug and never mentioned again. I'm like, they were just studying her. I just realized something. How come we get a funeral scene for Rod, but not for Tina? Okay, I'm going to just freestyle. Tina's parents are broke, cremated her. Did you not see the house they were living in, sir? Okay, I freestyled in a bad way. This was not a good... <laughs> this is not an eight-mile-level eight freestyle. This is freestyle. This was a carrot top freestyling thing. Oh, okay. my gosh. Um, what is with you and carrot top? I don't know. I got to let the grudge go. <laughs> I don't know. You're right. So maybe sometimes people are cremated for some reasons, whatever. Maybe it's not financial. Rod didn't even have parents. I don't know. I mean... Oh, no. He had parents. They were the ones staring at John Saxon with uh, murderous intent because Rod was... Uh, classified as committing suicide. Which we know is not true. Right, but... I talked about this earlier, too. I feel like um, I would have kept Rod alive. Yeah, I feel like the red herring. He's the red herring. He's the suspect. He throws the cops off because they think it's him. Well, the thing is with red herrings is um, you need the mystery for the audience as well. We already know the killer is Freddy. Yeah. So what's the point of us having uh, the red herring being for the audience? Why would we need a red herring... The only reason is because the cops and the parents especially, they're not given enough reason to, they're given too much reason to still be as skeptical as they are. They should be way more suspicious and involved in the movie. Once, once Rod dies, they're still kind of lax about things. And especially once the damn hat comes out the dream, they should be all in on something's really magically wrong here. And I, we should start taking our daughter seriously. I feel like them being so skeptical makes sense if Rod's still alive because you can point to her imagination. The boy killed Tina and the boy hung himself and whatever. Um, I just think that having him on the loose would have been put the cops not suspecting any, not believing her and still suspecting Rod. Whereas with Rod dead, once Johnny Depp dies, it's really like, okay, yeah, but you think, better acknowledge your daughter at this point. But at the same time, think about when Johnny Depp dies. He dies right before the climax of this movie. Which may be done exactly for what I'm t- exactly for that reason. You couldn't let two days go by after Johnny Depp died because at that point, the cops would have to be all in on something really crazy is going on here. The way he died was so over the top. Pulled into a bed and a damn gush of blood came out. Before we get into that special effect, because that's actually one of my favorite special effects they do for that one. Uh, I guess probably one of the best things for us to talk about is what Glenn tells Nancy because it comes into play later in the movie. And that's the dream skills. Yes. And, you know, she's busy reading a booby trap book. Reading a booby trap book. So she has other plans. But, you know, Glenn gives her some knowledge on how to pretty much defeat monsters in your own dreams. Yes. 
And she definitely takes heed of that advice. Oh, yeah. So now now we can talk about probably everyone's favorite scene. Probably one of the most iconic scenes from this movie is Glenn's death. Now, uh, Glenn's death, you know, he gets pulled out of the bed. And like three pints of blood is shot through the damn... Actually, a lot more than three it's pints. Most most blood I've ever seen in a scene. So, one of my favorite things is what I love about the scene is how they did it. They pretty much not only built obviously the room for Johnny Depp to sleep in, but then they built that same room but upside down. Yep. So that way, when the scene actually happens, they poured the blood down. However, uh, something apparently happened with the set, and it made the and it kind of tilted mm. the room a little bit, right. which gave it that very eerie supernatural feeling of everything just moving towards one side <laughs> yep so Wes Craven originally actually uh filmed a couple scene a couple this a couple of times but he loved that very initial time that the set just moved on him that mm. he decided to go with that even though it was class is technically a mess up scene it shows though I mean it's not not that it's messed up it shows in its effectiveness though oh yeah it is one of the most iconic death scenes in all of horror Mm-hmm. But Though, I, I always, uh, before we uh, get off on Glenn, though, I was going to bring this up, too. Like, uh, watching it now, because I've seen it so many times, you just look for new things you can latch on to to figure out. And for me, my thing was whole, like, my thing was just figuring out Glenn's character as underwritten as it is. Where is he at with how skeptical is he about Freddy? Is he a believer or non-believer? And as the movie goes, does he start to buy in more? Because we get that initial clue at the beginning that, well, they're talking about Freddy, and his face gets, like, kind of, like, white, like... Like, oh my God, like I'm, he's clearly, it seems like at the beginning, like maybe he's had experience with Freddie also. But as the movie goes, his interaction with Nancy is kind of like, I love you. I mean, you're crazy, but I'm going to help you because I, I love you. I'm sorry. Johnny Depp's character is literally just uh, him wanting Nancy. Yeah, but I get it, but it's never put, well, at the beginning it's pushed that way, but otherwise it's pushed as like, um, almost like a childhood friendship slash I mean, they did live across the street. Who knows yeah. how long they've known each other before this movie's events took place. For him to get to the place where he dies because he fell asleep on that bed. Really stupid because Nancy's literally telling him, whatever you do, don't fall asleep. It makes me feel like towards the end he was still not buying into what she was saying. But, and that was probably, you know, the cause of his demise, but he's so underwritten you really can't, it's not really defined, like you, have, like, you have to figure out, like try to figure out where he stands with all this that's going on. It's just very like, he's very nonchalant and very kind of, just passive about the whole thing until he finally meets his demise when he's like, oh shit, this must be real. <laughs> so one when, thing, probably when he was getting stuck in the bed, he was thinking like, damn, she told me not to fall asleep too. Mm-hmm. So one thing we actually kind of, we skipped over, but I kind of want to bring up because it happened in the Leprechaun was the phone. Oh my God. Now, and also I want to bring up the inconsistency with the phone too, because what we've learned is Freddie should not be able to interact with anybody that's still awake. Yes. Yet he somehow calls her on her phone and then changes the bottom of the phone to him trying to French kiss her. <laughs> you know, he dialed 1-800-CALL-ATT or 1-800-CALL-ATT. No, he called 1-800-MAKE-MY-MOUTH-PART-OF-THE-PHONE-BITCH. And it was funny because it was a, um, it was the line, I'm your boyfriend now. I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. Okay, yeah. Nope. Plausible? No. Freddie's not supposed to have any powers outside of the dream realm yeah but so is it a, a, a effective scene but not really possible yeah but it is a it makes it begs the question is she asleep is this just a bad inconsistency of the movie if they're playing with our minds then you could say that maybe because if she falls asleep for one minute 
let's say she does off for one minute, she can maybe have a dream sequence and then just come back up and wake up. Mm. Maybe throughout the movie she's like, because we know she's not sleeping, maybe she's like so sleep depressed that she's literally having quick bursts of, of naps. That so are, micro naps. So a micro nap could be literally within 30 seconds, Freddy sees the window and takes advantage. It's possible. Yeah, yeah it is possible. But uh, since the movie never mentions anything about micro naps, I don't even know. I don't even know if micro naps was even a thing when this movie was made. Uh, well, well, you know, like the study of it was even a thing. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, Wes Craven's a pretty smart dude, so he could have thought. I mean, he was well, he, a, brought, he was a college professor, so maybe he was thinking about that kind of stuff. Yeah. So for all we know, he he was uh definitely thinking. Well, I don't want my audience to feel dumb, so I'm not gonna throw this whole theory, this whole uh, scientific evidence out at them. They should. They will probably either look it up themselves, or they'll just know what's going on. The ending of the movie. The ending of the movie was. Uh, it makes for one. It's a reshoot. Yeah, but it makes it so that... No, but what I'm saying is, though, if you go with the idea of the movie that... Then the movie surmises that maybe the whole thing was a dream, then that stuff can make sense because, well, anything can be happening because the whole thing is a dream. Mm. And that's maybe what they... If you, like, try to be like, Wes Craven, what about, what about that scene? And that didn't make sense. He could just be like, well, it was all a dream. And then that fixes it. But in the moment of the movie, yeah, you're right. It's uh, kind of like, although... It's funny that the Leprechaun actually ripped it off so hard, <laughs> hardcore, like literally ripped it off to that degree. Um, Nancy reading her, her booby trap book, when she goes to get Freddy from the dream, that feel like a little bit like Home Alone-ish to you. <laughs> I'm thinking like, she, like, and Freddy falls for every trap. Well, it's not like he's going to suspect she has traps all over her house because what, who's to say her mom wouldn't have just walked around and accidentally sprung the damn sledgehammer trap into her face? I know, I get it, but I would say that when all the booby traps are going off, this is the one time in the movie where it stops being scary, <laughs> and I'm laughing my ass off. Freddy opens the door, the, the, the hammer hits him, he goes, oh! And then falls down the stairs. Falling, the hammer hits him, he falls over the stairs, he's like, he's like oh! <laughs> this is now Goofy Freddy. Mm. And then the explosion goes off, and he's like, oh! He's, he's reacting. Well, first he had that one line that was that... That could actually be intimidating if the scene wasn't as wacky. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I'm gonna split you in two. Yeah, but my thing is like he's reacting to everything in like such a Three Stooges way. He's just like the, the, when the explosion goes off, he like flies across the room like, oh my god! Like, dude, you're a dream demon. Get it together. <laughs> well, I mean, he still feels pain out in the real world because now he has no powers. I'm I'm pretty sure in some alternate universe. Macaulay Culkin's character in Home Alone watched this damn movie and got the idea from all from Heather from uh, Nancy doing all these booby traps. <laughs> so anyway, then we get him to the basement where she sets him a fire, and we get probably the worst effect in this movie. I mean, yeah, it's a real fire, and a real person was on fire, but don't you think they could have gotten a uh, someone a little bit closer to Robert England's stature to be his fire double? You know, one thing I always read about this movie. I think I saw in the, the Elm Street documentary was that this movie was like a couple times ran out of money. Like they kept trying to get more financing for it, but they had to like not pay the, the cast and crew for like, like like weeks at a time. And oh, damn. So I think the special effects might be just a, a case of they just didn't yeah, have Did you not money. see this Freddy body double for the fire scene? I saw it. it, it's, it so, it's, it's so blatant. One, it's not even one. The, it's a, definitely a mask. 
over somebody's face and he's so big i don't know if he's wearing like a fire protective suit that's making him look that big or if they legitimately just got a bigger person to be this body double it had to be money because anybody watching that's gonna be like okay we gotta refilm this <laughs> the fact they didn't refilm it tells me that they were just like ah yeah well maybe you know maybe they won't notice <laughs> they, they didn't count on the idea of like dvds and blu-rays and people watching movies i'm pretty sure times. people noticed that in the theaters they be like, hey, that ain't that ain't Freddy. Yeah, right. It's like, when did Freddy bulk up? Freddy got on a, a weightlifting plan <laughs> in the last six minutes and bulked up. So the way Nancy beats him in this one is definitely dream-esque, in my opinion. It definitely fits for this kind of movie. I think it fits for a low budget. Because, well, like, true. the idea that, you know, I can mentally just say you don't exist and you don't scare me and then you just go away, that tells me you have no money, so... Yeah, but what else were they going to do? Like, have Fred, have Freddie and Nancy get into this big old fist fight? Yeah. <laughs> look, <laughs> This ain't Wes Craven's new nightmare, man. Look, John Saxon, he had to learn something on the set of Enter the Dragon. Bring it here. Let Nancy do some moves on Freddie. Come on. The special effects were so good for the giant depth scene. Maybe it was, a lot was put into that. Then it was like the ending was... I mean, we get this terrible thing with him on the bed with, his mom, with her mom... And, and her mom just like evaporates so, into so the John, bed. So John Saxon puts a sheet over them, and it's like, okay, he takes a sheet off. And I don't know what the hell is going on with him. When he pulls the sheet off, I don't know what is going on there. I still can't figure it out. His mom was burned alive. His mom is um is transporting not under the bed, but into hell. Into the bed. Into hell, though. I think she's going down a portal. Why did she go to hell? She was such a nice woman. Well, allegedly. <laughs> hey, look, the good thing is at least she died drunk, right? She probably didn't feel it. <laughs> That's probably how she burned so easily. <laughs> there you go. She was extremely flammable at that point. <laughs> right. But she's, yeah, she's transported to hell, and then... Nancy Nan- just turns her back on him. Though, I do still like the bed scene. Again, that looks cool. Yeah, because he just, um, from what I understand of it, you know, Robert England was crouched down under the bed until finally they told said action, and they he just slowly stood up. His makeup was kind of rubbing off on. I the, like that. There's there's smoke around his face, like his face is on fire. Well, like he was just on fire. <laughs> yeah, but the, it looks so cool. And also, honestly, the first movie is still my favorite uh, makeup for Freddy. He looks juicy, freshly burned, almost. It's just uh, very intense and creepy i dig it and so so um what do you think about this reshot ending nancy opens the door and we, she goes from her mother's room to a perfectly beautiful sunny day outside she's in her school clothes again her boyfriend glenn pulls up in the car with, with her, tina and rod with her friends everything's back to normal until and, she gets into the car and then all types of shenanigans happen because right and then uh, the top comes on and it's red and green oh uh, Nancy obviously realizes she's not out of the dream realm. She's trying to, she's calling for her mom and the doors locked, the windows come up they, and then all of a sudden they drive Freddy away. busts through the windows, the door's window and a blow up doll gets taken into the window Okay, really badly. This is why I said the money ran out because him pulling the, the doll through the window, that's gotta be the worst effect in the movie. <laughs> oh my gosh. You could definitely tell. All you have to do is pause it right before he starts pulling. You could see the fucking blow-up doll's face like... <laughs> what I understand is that you could have just had the hand come out the window and grab her and immediately cut to black. Uh, yeah, that would have just been fine right there. Instead, you get this ridiculous, like... They cut to, like, fast motion, too. Like, it happens so quick. It's really weird. So... From what I've found, from what I've read of this ending, it's act, the reason this was a reshot ending is because Robert Shea wanted a potential 
uh, ending so that way if it does good they can make a sequel however Wes Craven originally wanted this to be just a one-off and you no know, and it was supposed to be as we mentioned before this was actually supposed to be a dream throughout the whole movie with the ending being the only time she's at legitimately awake and Freddie was actually supposed to be her repressed sexual desires oh my god so apparently Nancy was fighting against her horniness is what Freddie is technically classified as and so, which is so, supposed to be able to com- to uh, keep her purity so basically this is all a conspiracy to piss off Glenn yes Glenn's climbing up every night to her bedroom window and he's getting rejected because she's got to deal with Freddie who's a symbolic thing of her her, so, se- her sexual which uh, also pr- makes pr- me wonder so. if she just pretty much gave in you know obviously consensually uh, does that mean Freddie would never have existed? Because then she wouldn't have had any repressed sexual desires. That whole story is, is, is silly because it gets away from this is a Freddie revenge tale. He's here because the, the parents of the kids Kill burned him. him alive. Yeah. I don't want to hear nothing about him being a damn... Sex although, demon. <laughs> although that did carry over to part two, but... Here, here's <laughs> but, one funny thing. So if you get believe on that, technically Freddie is some kind of uh, incubus. Yeah, see, this is... The reason I bring that up is because Robert England actually did a B-movie as a horror villain again. Oh, God. And he played an incubus. Oh, my God. You know what? And his main weapon of choice, you know, besides uh, wanting to have sex with a woman so he can keep his seed going, was an arm blade, which is actually pretty cool. You know, I'm as goofy as the ending we got, as goofy as the ending we got is, I'm very happy we didn't go with this alternate ending you're talking about i think this series would have gone in a very weird direction the series wouldn't have continued <laughs> hell no you're right it wouldn't have been the, the west craven did not want it to continue this was supposed to be just a one-off which is why we look did, i no Fre- no freddy's dead nah which is why we then get this he was ending wrong where uh it's open-ended for nancy to whether she's alive or not because he didn't know if the movie did did badly then fans of the movie can just classify her as dead if it does good and Wes Craven comes back to make another one, he can bring her back for a sequel. And ultimately, not without giving it away, we're really not going to find out the truth until part three. Because part two goes in a whole different direction. <laughs> right. A whole different direction. Uh, the, obviously, the guy from part two, I guess, read the original scripts. Like, I see what he's doing here, but let's add a more uh, homoerotic. He claimed for years that it was. Uh... So for years, he claimed that there was nothing intentional. But then the last few years, it came out. I was like, yeah, I knew. I was doing it on purpose. Well, the funny so. thing is, the actor of the second movie, he was extremely happy about it because he, at the time, he was a closeted gay, and he even said he get, that he was so excited about this movie because he got to become the first male scream queen. He was that. He was that. I mean, in my opinion, he, uh, I, st- I actually do like the second movie minus the ending. The ending was pretty shitty, to my, in my opinion. But all right, now we- I do still have what? some love for the second movie. Well, I guess let's give our overall thoughts, even though there's All not right. much else to say. But I know I'm going to steal this first because uh, please, I'm the one who chose this one. So I love the effects of this movie, minus the poorly edited or poorly shot last scene. I loved the casting choices, especially Robert England as Freddy, John Saxon as the father. Heather Langenkamp did a good job, but you could definitely tell there's that she's got some practice throughout the filming of this movie. You got some scenes where just did not feel like she was Nancy, and then you got How can you say that I'm not taking this seriously? Then you got other scenes where she is all in on it. 
It's just a dream. Not to mention Johnny Depp. Definitely not his best performance with this. I know he's his first movie. Chosen because Wes Craven's daughter had a crush on him. Right. But overall, the kill scenes were, I guess they're still not really classified as inventive, but they were still fun. Freddy is an intimidating villain, especially in this movie. He's very sadistic. And the overall backstory we get for him is all we need to know, at least for one movie, on why we should not like this guy. Why and how he even died in the first place. So, with that being said, I still love this movie. A lot of times when I was taking notes, I I actually had to rewind the movie because I found myself watching the movie instead of taking notes. So I'm giving this movie a 3.5 out of 4. Oh, okay. This is probably the only movie that I'm ever going to give that rating to. (laughs) It's crazy. I mean, so I've said before, um, Nick is, amongst the two of us, Nick is a much tougher critic. I I tend to focus on the positives more about movies, and and, uh, it usually gets a good boost for me. But I think as I've thought about it, and I watched this movie for the 5 million time, I'm, I'm going to disagree, man. I'm not, I'm not giving 3.5. So let me get to my overall thoughts first, though. So echoing, I mean, you pretty much said it all. I'm echoing that this is probably the scariest Freddy outside of New Nightmare. No, it's not Goofy Freddy yet, not Comic Freddy. It's the perfect mix of Dark Freddy with still some funny moments, but mostly Dark Freddy. The acting could use some work, but uh, it doesn't detract from the movie. It doesn't stand out in a bad way. It's, it's good enough. From Heather Langenkamp and Johnny Depp, they're good enough. Robert Glenn is sensational. John Saxon's always sensational. Tina's good. The actress plays Tina, and the, and the time she's given is really good. Especially her death scene, that whole chase scene, everything was, she was spot on. Wes Craven, beast director, great director. Special effects, amazing. But, and also, by the way, the score is great, too. It's very scary. But watching it, there were some things like, the parents do annoy me because, as characters, they're horrible parents. The mom especially is terrible. I know that's by design, but when the mom dies at the end, if she had been built up in a good way or had any redeemable qualities, I think I would have felt bad about the ending as far as like her dying, but instead, most of us are cheering when the mother dies. So, didn't like the mother. John John Saxon's way too unbelieving of his daughter. I feel like they're, they're not well-written because they're just way too skeptical as things happen and not believing their daughter, even when like evidence is staring them right in their face. So I got some... Some plot issues, basically. Minor ones, though. I'm not expecting, like, a Christopher Nolan-level plot here or anything like that. The booby trap scene, watching it this time around, it takes me out of a little bit because it's so ridiculous that this dream demon is falling for child, child-level child pranks, basically. And her doing the booby traps, does she really think that the hammer to the stomach is going to, like, actually be that effective? I don't know, but... Silly, but, I mean, Home Alone-ish, but whatever. I'm going to go three stars. There's enough. It's definitely a good movie, and you got to watch it. And, you know, to me, 2.5 is a good movie, so this is three stars. So it's, like, even above a good movie. But without spoiling anything, recently having watched the sequels, there's one or two sequels that I like more than this one. I don't think it's the best movie in the series. Having watched some of the sequels recently, again, it's just like Final Destination where I think I like some of the sequels better. So I'm going to go three stars. Great movie. Definitely a classic for sure. But can't go four stars. Can't go three more five. Got got, got to go three for now. So. All right, everyone. You have a good night. Me and Vic will probably be back. Depends on what death has planned for us. Well, I'm not going to sleep tonight because we've been talking about Nightmare on Elm Street, and I'm afraid that my three-star review is going to have Freddy come and kill me in my dreams because I didn't give him 3.5 stars. I may have just do myself completely. I can't help you with that. I don't feel like helping you with that. I mean... Deal with it. 
You gave 3.5 just so Freddy would leave you alone. I, no, I gave 3.5 because I legitimately liked the movie. Sure. Sure you did, right? <laughs> I, meanwhile, me, I got to go drink some coffee now so I can stay awake and not go to sleep. I'm going to end up like Nancy where I'm like, uh, just got a coffee pot in my, my... Anyways. No, know. just wait until the third movie in the series because that, that one's my favorite. If I go 3.5 for this and I like something else more in the series, I feel like I'd have to give that a 4, so that's why I can't go 3.5 because it's tricky. You're putting yourself in a box where it's like... There's only other one movie I like over this one. Yeah, but that one, it's like you got to you set the bar high. So it's like or I just give it the same review. Everyone have a good night. Remember, don't eat the pudding. Don't eat the pudding. And if you're going to go to sleep, you know, say your nursery rhymes ahead of time. Remember, a dream demon comes. You don't believe him. You don't believe in him. He'll leave you alone. And then you're good to go. Have a good night.